I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Passes the way in flight 00H164. That's flight 00H164. Please approach the gate. Your flight is now ready for boarding. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Are you locked into the Out of Home Podcast? You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yah, and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. <laughs> uh, we in this. Yes, we are. Thing. We in this. Dang. Um, 23rd. It's been it's been a minute since we've had this setup, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, hasn't it? Feels yeah. a little bit weird. Yeah, I'm staring at Kwame on a screen. Yes, you are. Um, you know, the house is looking. Marvellous as always, <laughs> might I add. Those spotlights are really, they're really hitting. Yeah, they, do. they do add something. They do, they do. And um, I am looking at uh, Yaf and Kieran through a screen on the couch together over there in London. And Yaf, are you wearing shorts in this, in this like, 10-degree weather? Yeah, well, uh, I think you'll find, Kwame, over here in London... I was going to say it is higher than 10 degrees, but it's actually low as nine. Um, <laughs> but I, I drove in it, so I came over in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're living, you're living. Plus, you're I was living. playing my, my new favourite sport before this. Were you playing paddle? Were you actually playing paddle today? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely was. <laughs> Who are you playing paddle with? Some friends. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Harry... Um, <laughs> What do you call it? Condoleezza Rice <laughs> and um, and who who the last one be? Who the last one? Just be? Breezy. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, he couldn't take the smoke by himself, so he had to pull me in on that. Did you see that? <laughs> Shout out to Condoleezza, bro. There's inside uh, jokes, oh and gosh. new people might not know what we're talking about. No, all good, all good. But Kieran, yeah, you know what should, you know what they should know about what? What are we listening to? Well, if you tuned in on this fine, fine day that you chose to listen to us, you are listening to the Out of Home podcast. Oh, yes. A show brought to you by four Londoners, capturing and sharing stories of inspiring people mm-hmm. whilst sharing our own. That's In the do. building, across two buildings, you have the man that loves paddle, Yafu Downs. <laughs> <laughs> that is I. That is I. Paddle is a sport which is basically squash and tennis, and if they had a baby. Yeah. It's an extreme sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extreme I'll sport. It. I'll take it. The voice that you're hearing right now is me, Kieran Kenlock. I am from South London. I'm also known as One Low Key. Singer, artist, <laughs> creative, jack of all trades, master of some. I like that a lot. So why do you get a nice profile? I get, I get called the paddle, I, the paddle guy. <laughs> because I... I'm introducing the podcast. Fucking guy. You little paddler. Man bigs himself up, but I'm just the, the waste man that enjoys paddle, bruv. And the way you said extreme sport, it made me sound like I wear goggles when I play or but something. But you're wearing bro. shorts outside. 
<laughs> yeah, you got you there still. Little waist. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> in nine degrees. In nine degrees. No, let, let me do it again. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I feel bad now. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be thinking about it all night. No, no, I'm just running jokes, man. I know you are. And over there in the plus three one operations, plus three one is the area code for the Netherlands. We have Mr. Penthouse himself. Oh, yes. Kwame Wilson. Mr. Thank Kwame Wilson, much. if you like. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We are three fourths of the Out of Home podcast. Yes, that's true. Yes, I forgot. The other member, I say other, and that should be no, didn't like, that, that is not like a slur at all. Some might say the member. The, potentially. <laughs> the yeah, member. yeah. For a lot of people, the member. In fact, he would probably say, yes, the I would. Member. I'd agree that he would say that he is the member of Out of Home. <laughs> it is none other than Showtime <sighs> Stevens. Mr. Pampy himself, Brother Steven, if you like, Brother. he is across the Atlantic Ocean. In the West Coast of America. For the first time. For the first time the ever. First time, which is surprising. Actually. Very surprising, knowing that he has been on the journey of jump for a very long time. <laughs> I like that. George. And this is the first time that he set foot into World Headquarters. Yeah. And also, also, that famous PDX airport carpet. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. There were definitely, there's definitely a picture with some jeans that are too tight. And some like exclusive Jordans on those on that carpet. Oh, listen, I, oh, I was, oh, I was I'm so glad you teed me up because I was on his, oh. his story the other day. And which one? The old ones, huh? The old ones. No, oh, I was on the sto oh, okay. his story from like two days ago. And um, he was basically taking outfits of the days. He might as well just do get ready with me's in the morning, yeah. But he was doing an outfit of the day, side profile thing in the mirror. And his caption was, I bought so much drip, I might not, I might, I can't waste it, basically. So he's there taking photos of what himself. What a guy. With the, the most exclusive of, of Jordans on. And the tightest of jeans. <laughs> but are we, are we doing this? No, we're not, we're not. Nah, Shouts nah, out nah. to Steven. Big love, big love, big love, man. I hope you're having a great time in Portland. Uh, while you're there... Enjoying your life. We're enjoying our life over here in the Plus 4-4 and Plus 3-1 operations. Yes, sir. Speaking of enjoyment. Yes, sir. Lovely listeners. Yes, sir. Let's get to our segment where we ask each other what made us smile in the last seven days. Uh, Kwame, I just, I don't know why. I just want to ask you first because I'm very intrigued to know your answer. What made you smile um, in the last seven days? Bro? What is, what made me smile this week? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I've, no, I've had a, actually had a good week. A shout to the I've way. had a good week. No, um, <laughs> what made me smile? Oh, damn. Damn it. I'm drawing a blank now. I'm, uh, I am channeling my inner pamper. Bruv, I have, I have like hit a long range pass to you, yeah? And you've just like totally miscontrolled it. <laughs> oh, big time, big time. But don't worry, don't worry. Like there's no one around me, so I'm, 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 I'm able to recover. <laughs> no, what made me smile this week? Was just <laughs> linking up. Actually, I had a few, few a few good link ups in the office, and I and I I'm, I, I met with uh, one of the guys from this podcast, Yafio, on Saturday in, in Amsterdam's East. We had some. Uh, oh yes, what, Wait, that's what we you, had. You you had. You. He met you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We we had <laughs> some. So, so wait for me for a minute. No, we we yeah we we at, we went to Bar Basquiat. Yaf's no, name is yeah, Yafio. If you didn't know. 
Yes, oh, so yes. we went to Bar Botanique. I'm f- I'm really muffling this thing. Anyway, so anyways, anyway, we had a great time. We went to Yarvashar, one of my favorite places in Amsterdam because it has everything you need on one long street. And uh, we went to a st- store called uh, Div, a men's store. Then we went to a w- women's store called Studio S. Studio S. Mm. Shout out to Esther, who uh, who we found out her and Yaf are big fans of um, Acne Studio. I was just just to, I just had a, just had a nice Wait. good time. That's not Is true. Really is actually no yours Big yours fan. yours APC isn't it your, yeah I'm your APC he's acting he's acting he's acting yeah. right and, right. and you right. and, and I am, am non branded and you my friend you, no you have the you I have am, a strong I am you non, have strong I am, you have a strong fear of God Kieran but anyways I, uh, I am <laughs> non branded <laughs> but I, that, that's what made me smile hanging out with some man and yeah I'll pass it over to the the possible four operation where would you like to pass this ball. I'll pass it to the man wearing the black. So you. Uh, do you know what I did notice before uh, we got comfortable? We we're all wearing grey. That was sick. We were. And on the other call, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were all wearing grey. Now we are uh, just wearing shades of black. But anyways, um, <laughs> what made me smile this week? There's two things that made me smile. One's an anecdote and one's just uh, a thing that made me smile. Oh, please share. Uh, which one would you like to hear first? Anecdote. Anecdote. The anecdote. Yeah, let's go with that. So, the boys on the podcast, they like to call me Dad Key. And I... What does Dad mean? You'd have to tell them because you're the person that made it up. Okay, Dad. Someone who is Dad is someone who is endearingly <laughs> funny through clumsy actions. Oh, well, this story... Or endearing, just endearing through clumsiness. I don't know if this story is endearing, but it's definitely clumsy. Right. Okay, go on. So before we got on the call, we were talking about when was the last time we had I had a dud moment and the boys couldn't put a finger on it. But I know exactly when I had a dud moment and it was literally yesterday, right? So <clears throat> I am planning on going away next week to uh, North Carolina, right? And... Why you didn't know. It's next week. Yeah, it's no, 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 week. because at first I thought you were going to see family, then I realised it's, it's, it's time. Yeah, it's next week. I'm going to next, I'm I'm going next I'm week. I'm so excited for you, fam. I'm so excited. Thank you, man. I'm very excited too. Also, on that, I realised that I obviously need to have a passport, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I've, I've checked my passport. My passport's running out in August. Yeah. But I've already done the calculations, and I worked out that I can travel to the new tra- travel to the Amer- travel to the United States. <laughs> here we go. Dad Key is here in the flesh as he explains you, 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 his Dad you, moments. You, you, um, you about to say the Americas, isn't it? Yeah, you about to yeah, say the yeah, Americas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Scratch that. I edit this podcast. <laughs> so, I've worked out that I can get into America and come back as long as my passport's valid, right? But in the meantime, between time, I thought to myself, let me figure out how I can get myself my new passport so that when I'm back, everything will be all right, yeah? Anyways, yeah, I've got my Esther. Um, So I fill in a passport um, application. It takes me a little less than like 10, 15 minutes to do. Take the photo at home, send it off, pay for it, all of that jazz. Can I take a photo at home now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good cost-saving exercise, bro. Definitely. However, I might have lost a lot of money had this happened. Anyways, I'm getting there. Okay. So in order for them to start working on your next passport, 
you have to send off your old passport, right? Mm-hmm. So, Ooh. so I'm working, and you can imagine where this story's going. So I'm working as usual, and I've got a to-do list. All my to-do list is send passport or take passport to po- post office. So yesterday, I was just getting through the day, striking off things off my, my to-do list, and it get to go to post office, send passport. So I walk, I I googled where the closest passport passport I mean post office was because usually I go into Croydon to get uh, my stuff sent off, which is a very big passport, very efficient. Don't have to talk to anybody. Just put your stuff into the machines and you can send it off, right? But I also googled that there's one down the bottom of my road, which is a shop but makeshift post office post office anyway. Okay. So I walk down the road. I get in the shop. Ask the brother. Excuse me, do you have any hardback envelopes? He points me in the direction. I trip, right? I tripped. I tripped in the shop on the way to get the envelope. Remember this. I pick up the envelope. I write, I go to my phone. I couldn't find, I couldn't find the address that I need to send my passport. Remember that. I then go to, I then find it, start writing it on the envelope, right? I... I put the passport in the, in the in the envelope. The guy's like, you're going to have to pay for the envelope. I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to pay for the envelope. I'll just pay for everything. Uh, can I send this recorded uh, first class, please? He's like, oh, what are you sending? I said, I'm sending my passport. He goes, oh, you should spend, send it special delivery. It gets there tomorrow. It's faster and it's safer. I said, yeah, you're right. Add that on there. I'll pay for that. So he's ringed it up. I paid for it. Pay for the pay for the um, the envelope as well, and I've left. I've walked halfway home, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I've done it. I can get my new passport. This is great. Then it dawned on me, how <laughs> are you going to America? <laughs> how am I getting to <laughs> North Carolina with no fucking passport, bruv? My heart sank, bro. So, wait, 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 wait. So, you was expecting that your new thing was going to come before North Carolina? No, bruv. I just <laughs> didn't think at all. I didn't think at all. I didn't think I needed my passport. I forgot I was going to North Carolina. All of that jazz, bro. I walked all the way back to that pot, to the thing, yeah, to the post office. I goes, big man, can I get my envelope back? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, why, why? He goes, why are you doing it? I was like... I need it. I need it. I'm going away. I'm going on holiday, yeah? And it's gone, okay, okay, okay. Now, remember, I said I tripped. I, I couldn't find the, 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 the address. I wrote it down wrong on the envelope, and the man made me pay extra for the thing. Bro, these were all signs in the universe telling me, brother, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? It wasn't until I got back home. I was like, bro, the universe was really trying to course correct me, boy. And you were just like... Oblivious, <laughs> bruv. Oblivious. Wow, Oblivious. Bro, bro imagine I went to the big one and I just put it in one of those shoots. There's no way... Oh, oh done. This done, is it. Done, this done. is it, fam. No this North is Carolina it. Done. Bro, the way I came back home, I was just like, I ain't even going to sell nobody until... I actually like <laughs> come heart, to terms with my it heart myself. Sank in that moment, I realized. Oh, bro! Did you run to the post office? No, no, no! I didn't run because I realized. Nonchalant brother, bro. man just walked past. <laughs> he knew it wasn't going to get sent off. He was like, "No, that's no, going to be there still." I was like, but I did think, right? Imagine it was like, imagine the postman was there as I was doing it, and I was rushing to get it to him. Like, I'm not getting that back in it. No, you're stressed, bro. 
Anyway, that was my anecdotal dud key moment. Thank you for listening. Uh, the other thing that made me smile whilst I've taken up everybody's time was that I went to go see Chris Brown. Mm, did you? I, w- I went to go see Chris Brown mm. at O2 London Arena. Did you enjoy yourself? I had a fucking great time. Chris Brown is one of the greatest performers of our yeah, generation. There is nobody yeah. in this world that dances and sings to his level That's for facts. two and a half hours that gives you all of the energy. I can't lie, it was probably coked up on something, but that, I don't know. There's no. How can you do all of these shows that you've done yeah, back to back, back, like, to back yeah, like that and not, and not be on some sort of substance? It just didn't make any sense. But you know what, though, yeah? I'm no entertainer. Right. But I can imagine if you've done something your whole life, you have to remember Chris Brown's been in the game from young, like Very true. 13, 14. Yeah. All the more reason why he should be tired. I think for a lot of people, and I'm just <laughs> hypothesizing here, I think for a lot of people, when they're up on that stage, gives them the energy. Adrenaline, yeah, the adrenaline kicks in, and that's like, that's when they're in their bag. Like, that's their. That's their time to shine. That's their moment. They're probably tired as fuck afterwards. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think in those moments... But man's going to after parties, bro. Adrenaline is just in you. He's going after parties every day. Anyways, I shouldn't take away from his performance because it was magical, man. It was a magical moment. My inner child was very happy. Uh, One thing that I did realise is that the average height of a Chris Brown concert is about five foot five. So no matter where you stood in the crowd... You were good. You were great. You were great. You were great. There was like a hundred women to one guy. Wow. That was the ratio that Chris Brown was bringing out to his his concerts. Yeah. I could see the brother from across the room. I held him up because he was about six foot four. Like literally, <laughs> it was it was a great time. I felt sorry for the people behind, well, the two girls that were behind me because I'm taller than them, and there was nowhere else for them to go. But I had a great time, man. Breezy. Great time. That was what made me smile. Watching Chris Brown and obviously laughing about my antics yesterday. Yafu Downs. Yes, sir. It's your time to shine. Thank you. Well, today is the 23rd of March. Two days ago, on the 21st, it was my younger sister, youngest sister, Atlanta's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy belay birthday to to my sister. She's now 20. She's left her teens, meaning that the youngest child that my parents have is now no longer a teenager. Amazing. So they, they can sail off into the sunset. They can retire. They can... Clap their hands. They're and no say, longer, yeah. no longer my responsibility. You're on your own now, kids. <laughs> no, the union, yeah, parents, they're, 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 they're always going to be parents. But it was her birthday. We had a great night. Amazing. It was dope. She had all of her friends around. I've never heard uh, so much Ice Spice and Glorilla played back to back to back. <laughs> oh my! You dope. thought I was feeling you? They've really got the scene in it. Absolute. The boys are liar. Headlock. The boys are liar. <laughs> That is Gen Z, isn't it? Bruv. John Jones grapple, bruv. Like, they have got the game on smash. I Spice particularly. Yeah. Very strange, though. Like, uh, did she come... I, I'm, Her music's not bad, though. No, I didn't say it was. But... And I know it was. it's not overnight uh, success, but seemed to come out of nowhere. Didn't she? Um, but oh, is that the case? That, with, is that the case with everyone? The, wasn't that the same? Like, if we're going to use another example, wasn't that the same as someone like Central C? No, because Central C's been making music since 2015 or longer before that.
Yeah, yeah. I like that other girl, Lola. Oh, give me peso. Yeah. Stendo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song's hard. She's hard, she's hard, she's hard. She's performing at Wireless this year, I think. Is she? I think so, yeah. I won't be going. <laughs> you won't? No, I won't oh, be. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Um, but yeah, so all of the all of the ladies enjoyed themselves. But if we're talking about a young lady that enjoyed herself, my little niece, bro, was in attendance and she can walk now. And she's just, oh. bruv, she's just like everywhere, fam. Is it? How old everywhere. is she now? She's like one and a bit. Oh, that's but, such bruv, a nice age. Bro, she's just walking around. She's busting open cupboards. She's like picking things up and just giving it to you. Oh, she's a real, oh, she's a real breath of fresh air, that little girl, you know. <laughs> Goodness me. So anyway. He sounds broody. Family and love is what made me smile this week. Amazing. So, I uh, love that. Very nice to hear, go around the room and hear what's been bringing us uh, joy and love. I'll put a shelf up. You have? It looks very nice. Thank you. <laughs> I think... It's straight. Funkles. <laughs> what did you just call us? Funkles. Oh, get out of here. Anyway, enough fun... Fun calls. No, fun calls. Oh. Enough fun Gosh. calls. Uh, Kwame, uh, what are we speaking about today, bro? Oh, wow. We're doing that on this topic. Well, How's we're going to speak about two things. We're going to speak about the police, and we're going to speak about partnerships and supporting our slash your own. Now, when I say the police, I, I don't mean 12. Uh, where'd that come from? I mean, Sorry. 12 is the police. I mean, yeah, I know, but I think I think we could say that's more American thing. I don't know where that comes from. 5-0, but 12. Feds, boy them. Keep going. <sighs> Jake's. Keep going. Uh, keep, okay. Keep going, man. Okay. Popo. Okay, Mr. Urban Dictionary. Babylon. No, um, Babylon. So, so the... So the measurement... <laughs> Um, have, um, one time. have had a, have had a, no, had a, had a report, sorry, a 363 page report and it was found to be, Metropolitan Police was the, it's basically the police of the whole of the borough of London and surrounding areas, has been found to be institutionally racist, also homophobic and, and um, mis misogynistic, which comes as a surprise to no one that's been not living under the rock and following UK news, and we, we just wanted to, um, to, 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 to speak on it. We think this is an important issue, and um, yeah, and basically, um, yeah, we're gonna just talk about that. Um, and it found out that also there's a 12 percent of women in the Metropolitan Police that said they've been harassed or attacked at work, and one third experiencing sexism, which is 12 percent too high and one third percent too high. But yeah, guys, I just wanted wondering if you wanted to where you wanted to pick it up. Um, and don't forget also, just on top of this, one of the poli police officers from the Metropolitan Police uh, abducted and murdered S S Sarah Everard t two years ago. So, yeah, this, is, this has not been a great time for one of the major British institutions. But, Mandan, please, where, where do we... Where... I have a question. And maybe this might open our forum a little bit. Do you, man, trust the police? Why? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, a lot of things. I think they're corrupt. I think they're racist. And I think as a black man, if I had to come to them or... I just don't trust them. And also, I can't lie, it has, it has been ingrained in me through music, through films, through culture. The police are always, like, evil. Like, it's a weird thing to say, but it's like, if, if you hear a policeman, a lot of times you think, you, you kind of think the ne- negativity. We actually had a policeman who was present at our screening in southeast Amsterdam. Yeah. And for two minutes, it felt kind of weird. I was like, oh, no, but it's... But he's a policeman, so it's, he, you almost think, oh, is he here on some, like... China, you understand? Mm. So, so long, long story short, I, I do not trust the police. Do you trust the police, Kieran and Yaf? Um, uh, uh, Yaf? Uh, I've got a very layered answer, so let me, you go for No, nah, bruv. Because I'm my interested question. to know why you asked the question. Pardon? Because I'm interested to know why you asked the question. I wanted to know your thoughts on whether or not you trusted the police or not. Why trust specifically? Because the police are supposed to be people within a community that are there to protect and serve. And to protect and serve, there has to be some level of trust amongst the people that you are like doing that for. So I was wondering, do you guys trust the police? I obviously have my own thoughts on whether or not I trust the police or not. But I was wondering whether or not you guys did. So I think if we're talking, if we're going to take it like a step further, I think people of a certain age in London in the U- or in the UK, in fact, don't trust anybody in power. Do you think it's a certain age? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of beneficiaries of um, people who are, who follow the, the current party um, in charge of the UK, which is a conservative party. So I think there's a lot of people that benefit from from them. But I also feel like there's a lot of people who just have a, a lack of trust for the government. And you only have to look at some of the antics man like Boris Johnson was doing during COVID. Uh, you know, there's so many examples to draw from. Right. But... I think there's a lack of trust with all authority in the UK and probably in many major countries across the world. Mm. Just look in France. Kwame, you were in France last week uh, in Paris and you saw there was a bunch of uprising over there around different things. So if you're asking me specifically, do I trust the police? I would say yes and no because I've had negative experiences but then... I also think that the work that they do is important. 
do they do it to the best of the bit of their ability? I don't know because I don't know the full mm. context. I don't know the full story. Um, and then if we take it again, like bigger picture, they're 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 very underpaid. Yeah. Like I remember, I've been getting, I've been seeing all these ads on the tube lately, where it's like really trying to sell you the dream of being a police officer. Really, and it's like. Uh, my man is a police officer, but because he speaks Turkish, he's been able to use his experience in other areas of the police force to help on other cases. Join the Met Police today and you can earn £33,000 a year, get free TFL travel and a rail card for anywhere up to 70 miles within London. And it's just like, come on, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like, There's a lot of... Uh, if you're trying to draw people in, that's, just, that's not really the way to do it, bro. Well, you get a fucking Oyster card. There's a lot of armed forces adverts as well that's like going around too. So I'm saying, so I think, well, this is another conversation about just people in the public sector being massively underpaid. Yeah, for So sure. I think there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of context as to maybe why they don't do their job properly. But I would raise the question and say I don't necessarily trust the powers that be, i.e. the government, let alone the police. Mm. It's really interesting. I <clears throat> had a very interesting conversation with my father the other day. He's back from Jamaica. And um, we were <clears throat> we were in the car. We were driving. It was late. And um, I was driving, and there was a police car in front of us. And it... it it stayed in front of us for a little while, probably running the plates. But I usually thought they did it from behind, but you can also do it. From, I guess if they're from the front, I don't know. They were just there, lingering. And I had this really sick feeling in my stomach where I was like, I really hope they don't pull me over. Even though I know I'm insured to drive the car, even though I know the car is legit, mm. I just had this really, like... It's a, it's like a, it's a weird gut feeling, where your stomach sinks, with this idea that you might be profiled for whatever, right? And I was like, it, it came and it went because I'm like, if you stop me, it's fine. Number one, number let's two, let's, let's tango in. Yeah, yeah. Number number two, it's it's all good. Like, uh, and, and and number three, like. I'm with my pops, innit? Be calm. Anyways, they drive off and I resume to, to normal, like my breathing gets a little bit better and whatnot. And I turned to my dad, I was like, yo, have you ever had any like weird situations with the police? And he recants a story from his childhood. And he's like, <clears throat> he must have been about 17, 18, um, driving his car, which was his, and he was pulled over and what he he told me was that nowadays if you get pulled over they can do an ANPR check or whatever it's called very quickly to figure out whether or not that car belongs to you or not back then they didn't have that type of technology so they were chastising my pops to be like what is this your car where do you get where do you get it from how do you afford it blah 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 all of these things they didn't believe him like, put him up against the bonnet, 
roughed him up a little bit, took him to a, a jail cell. When is this? What, what this is probably in about like 70s, 80s. Oh, oh, rife. Right. And in Brixton as well. Uh, I don't know if it was before or after the riots, but he was taken to a cell and my granddad at the time, God rest his soul, had to come and get my dad and he kicked up a, a big fuss. But it made me think about just like our relationship with the police, even just inherently from our parents and from our culture and our community. And the fact that like, we probably don't trust the police, number one, because of the things that's happened to us, but because of the things that have happened to our people on a like on a day-to-day that we see, but also from like a first-hand experience from other people as well that can tell us what's happened There's definitely in some trauma in the black community for sure. Yeah. And in, do you know what, just in, in communities where it's a lower, lower average income, mm. I think there's there's a lack of trust. There's a lack of relationship. There's there's just there isn't that dialogue. No. Kind of think back to you know when you're watching a movie in America, like you might be in some obscure place in the states, but every town has a sheriff, <laughs> and you feel like everyone knows the sheriff. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone knows the sheriff. The sheriff is like on patrol. Like how you doing, Patricia? Like everyone knows the sheriff, in it. Yeah. It's it's way more they they're way more embedded into the community. Whereas I think um, here in London the police are very disconnected. Well, they from... they removed like B cops, isn't it? Like when we, I think when we were younger, so probably and, you know, when Kwame was younger as well. Like I think there were like beat cops, people that would walk a beat and be more embedded into the community, mm-hmm. and you would know people by name and they would know you and stuff. And yes, there was stuff that was going on, but I feel like there was a better relationship between law enforcement and like the community at the time I do think because of your point of budgets being cut and there not being enough money to circulate around the organisation those types of people or those like roles have now been removed you've got community service but no no one really rates community service police officers or I don't know if they're called community service officers or community officers or whatever but like it, it almost seems that like there's this antagonistic relationship between young people and the police. And I don't know whether or not there is a solution as to how those things are bettered. Well, especially after this report, how are you supposed to trust him now? Like when right. stuff like this comes out. Um, I was really, I mean, again, Kwame, to your point, no one was shocked about this story, no one... I mean, it's quite damning to see it in black and white. Of course. But it's not something that surprised anybody, which for me <laughs> makes you sit back and think, okay, so what is what is the purpose of the police force, mm. right? It's to protect and serve. We've all heard that line. Mm. But then now we're talking about people who enforce law, who are racist... Yeah, and I'm blanket statement here because not, not everyone is are racist, misogynistic, and homophobic. So, with that being said, how are you supposed to? How are you supposed to trust these people? And if I'm now a kid who hasn't had a, a negative experience with the police, if I'm reading this, I'm gonna think negatively of them to begin with. Mm-hmm. Do you know? So. 
I think they've got a lot of um, they've got a lot of rebuilding to do. We've never had as much of a negative relationship in the UK than as opposed to in the US, where I think the relationship with the police is far worse because of I've got the a history of killings. I've got a question. But to finish off this point, I just think that this report it just takes police. If they were if they were at step zero before, they're on like minus five now. If you if the police in the UK were allowed to carry firearms and discharge firearms, do you think that we would be in a similar situation as Yes. Yeah. I do. I do think so. I do think so. I think that you only have to see that report to summarise that for the most part, the police service here in the UK or in London is a boys' club. Mm. It's a boys' club, and if one of them fucks up, they're going to look out for one another. I mean, that's just how that's how they really only got to watch the wire to know that police look out look out for one another. So, yeah, um, the report came out. Not many people were surprised, but I think to see it in black and white is just like, fuck me. Like, if I was a head of an organisation and this came out, I'm, if this is in the private sector... Carissa Dick, is that the... Bruv, I don't know, but if you that, were the CEO of a company... She resigned. If you were the CEO of a company and this report came out about your company, yeah. stock prices plummeting, heads, you're, heads oh, you're in the rolled. bin. You're in a bin. And you're in a bin, but... And that's they what can't be removed. Company, bruv, and, and, and this is the thing. It's like, we're literally talking about... If there was anybody who wasn't supposed to be these things, it's the people that enforce the law, bruv. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so for me, that is just the wildest part of all of this. I said to you, Kwame, the other day, I was sitting with my seven-year-old nephew a few weeks ago, and the conversation all of a sudden got really deep. And he... I asked him I asked him something like, what do you think is the meaning of life or what's the purpose of life? And he said to me, I just think life's a simulator. At seven? At seven years old, bro. I said, what do you mean? He's like, I think everyone's just, you know, it's just a game. Like, it's not it's not really real. You can, you can, he gave me this elaborate explanation. That's such a very interesting insight. And when I hear this. Oh my God. It's, it's almost ironic. Like, Take away the context of being so disappointed and just be, having experience of years, across years, sorry, to know that this is already true. Ooh. Think about how ironic this is. In an ideal world, if you, was to, if you was to say to your three-year-old child, this is the role of the police, but then say to them, however, they are racist, they are homophobic, and they're a little bit misogynist as well. They'll be like, but aren't they supposed to... You know, like, we've just become so conditioned mm. to accepting the fact, but when you look at it on paper, it's, 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 it's not how it's supposed to be. Your... your was he saying nephew? Was that your nephew? Yeah. He said something very profound. Very, very profound. And I will get back to this, but the point that he made made me think about this, right? He said... I just think, like, we're living a simulator and life's a game, yeah? And I was just thinking, like, have we gamified life? Like, disclaimer, no one on this podcast is high. <laughs> Literally. High on life. High on life. And full. But um, I was not, like, have, like, have we gamified life? Like, has 
has society gamified life in a sense that if he's seven years old, yeah, his initial touch point into the world is through digital, which he gets to see, like, people living their lives, doing whatever, YouTube, all of this stuff, yeah? And has he now looked at it and been like, bro, like, you can literally just, like, what's the role-playing, role-playing game? You could just RPG your way through life. Like, and you should, right? But it's like, you can step into whatever you want because he just believes, yeah, this life's a game. Yeah, so, uh, I do think certain privileged people can look at life that way. If I'm an underprivileged young kid who's grown up in, grown up in different circumstances, yeah. in, some, in a part of the world that doesn't have some of the basics that we have, running mm. war, electricity, mm. access to the internet to see what's out there, then I'll disagree and say that's not the case because they live a very different life to us. But we're privileged. The circumstances that we have allow us to be exposed to anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So I do think much like a game, you can kind of... You know, there's some things you can't control, but you can sort of dictate and, yeah, control the outcome of how your life goes. Mm. If I do this, this, and this, I'll achieve this. Yeah. If I do this, 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 I'll get here. Yeah. So I do think that life is a little bit of a game. You have ups and downs. It's like Snakes and Ladders. Yeah. It's like Snakes and Ladders. Yeah. Which is a fucking great board game. It it's is. I think so underrated. It is. It is. It's a very good board um, game. I was still actually speaking no. about board games the other day. And I was speaking about Monopoly. And the aim of the game of Monopoly isn't to get all the money, which it is, but the underlying game in there is to work with people I didn't realise that but if you actually look at games and board games there's usually the face face value part of the game and then there's a deeper game to, let, oh, yeah, to learn yeah, from yeah. that yeah. I do think that in a capitalistic society mm. the, gam- the gamification of things is definitely real yes you want to, and I'm guilty of this as well, you want to see how far you can take things. Mm-hmm. You want to see, okay, how high up in this company can I get? How much money can I end up making? Mm-hmm. Um, how successful can I be with out of home? Mm-hmm. All of this stuff. So yeah. there is an element of competition within yourself right. that drives you to achieve certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, a very, that's very much a condition of, yeah, being a little bit of a capitalist. Right. I think there's a huge element of of gamification in there. Mm, mm. I want to buy a house. I want to buy a car. I want to do this. I want this, 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 this. So yeah. Capitalism mixed in with consumerism, I think there's a lot of gamification. I know we've kind of veered off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm going to go back. So I was gonna no, no, about. no. But I, th- I think it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just an interesting one from your, your cousin. Kwame, do you have anything to say? Yes, I do, I do. You know, you look, we've come to a different place about gamification, but it's really weird because, you know, how many times have you played FIFA or Pro Evolution uh, and got frustrated when your team isn't performing how you want? And it's almost like the police is like a, a game that we keep going back to. Mm. And we're like, oh, man, it's broken or I can't beat it. Like, oh, this game is like... Yeah, but we have to keep playing. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, mm. we have a choice with these games we play. You mentioned role-playing games, World of, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, FIFA. But we have no choice when it comes to 
you know, like if if if, if something were to happen to any of us to our phones or what have you, yeah. or our laptops were taken from uh, our uh, our homes, our work, who would, who could we call? Only the police, right? <laughs> and so for that moment, we, we 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 would have to put our trust in them. It's now, so true. obviously, obviously. Some people, and there are, there are not, no, not everyone in the police is crooked, and not everyone is racist or homophobic. But yeah, it's, it's. I, th- I think it's very strange. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying nothing as radical as defund the police. I'm just hoping that these, um, these, uh, these findings can um, really uh, let, 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 let them know internally that they have a lot of work to do. But go on, Key. What do you want to the, say? The, the really interesting thing about the whole gamification thing, though, is like if the game was broken, yeah, yeah. two things will happen: the game either gets discontinued. Yeah. Or the manufacturer does something about it. Yeah. Ooh. Right? Ooh. But these things, it's not going to get discontinued. So uh, is the police force going to do something about this report? You would assume that they would, but what does that mean? What does that look like? Are they going to get rid of... Are they going to make a huge sweep of people that are in the police force? Are they, are they going to put on, like... Um, like I don't know. Remember, remember when uh, there was racism in football and they were doing like kick it out talks and all of this nonsense. Are they going to be doing stuff like this? Like, what's the word? Performative measures to make people believe that they're actually making some sort of effort to get rid of the racism that's in there, the misogynism, misogynism that's in there, the homophobia that's in there. Like, what are they actually going to be doing? Like, yeah, I don't know. And it takes time as well, right? Yeah. And it's like it's crazy because I think a lot of times you enter places and platforms where because there's such a, a a way of thinking, a way of performing that people take up the roles. So now in this report by Lady Casey or Dame Casey, it says that. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... It's it's like... It's like joining... All right, look. I want to get onto the question of would you ever join the police force? Not you personally, but, like, black people in general, right? And I believe that we should have representation within the force because, like any organisation, you need to hear voices from different places. The only thing that I think like clouds that a little bit for me, right, is joining a new, a new football team, yeah? You can have a certain way about you in the way that you want to play. A certain style of football, a certain ethos, a certain philosophy, certain values you were brought up playing football, right? You join a football club and the manager says, this is how we're going to play. And in order for you to play on this pitch, this is what I need you to do. That's what's going to get you your success. That's what's going to get you paid. That's what's going to get you your pension and your comfortability through life. What do you do? But there's only one football club and you love football. 
Yeah, of course you're gonna do what the manager says. So it's like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> like this report here shows you that there is something wrong with the police force in the UK. Are they gonna do anything about it? I don't know. Again, goes back to the whole trusting of the powers that be in general. I think there's bigger fish to fry at the moment. I think that the economy is is the priority right now, mm. and that the reason that the prime minister is who the prime minister is is because he is very good when it comes to economics. Yeah. And so the priority for most global powerhouses in terms of countries now is get their economies in check. Yeah. Number one being the UK, number two being the US. So mm -hmm. I think all of this stuff is just like noise right now. Just noise. It's very it's very possible that there could be another financial collapse and the governments and the powers of be are trying to prevent that from happening. So all this police stuff is just like, yeah, whatever. But speaking of finances, Kwame, I know that you Ooh, wanted to take us I on like to that. I like that tasty shift to the breakfast menu. Um, yes, we are speaking on a. <laughs> we're speaking on um, Raheem Sterling, who recently made the news, but for scoring off the pitch. That's sorry, love to use that in it. Off the sorry, anyway, I just did it. No, but basically, Raheem Sterling was just announced as a angel investor for a female-founded black African, Afro-Caribbean um, startup company. It's called, it's called Oja, I believe. And it basically is the first ethnic online supermarket focused on African and Caribbean goods. So a lot of times, um, yeah, basically, this is basically like a, like a one-stop shop and now you can now you can now deliver your favorite spices, ingredients, meats and what have you through this app. And it just raised $3.3 million in another round of, 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 of seceding. Amazing. And Raheem Sterling is, is, has, has been uh, not exposed, announced one of the age-old investors. And we want to speak about this because this is a really nice, it's a really, really nice story. It talks about black ownership. It talks about, like, uh, community. It also talks about finance, you know, and, like, using, like, for, using, like financial, financial literacy. Now, like, I can't speak about Raheem Sterling's Caribbean-ness, but he seems to be very, very much ingrained in the culture part of the culture and it must be so nice that it must be so nice that the the owner of Oja would have probably had to explain less to him the importance of this app do you understand like there's some things that he would he would he would instantly just got like yes oxtail man it's man expensive but what we, 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 we are you saying about it maybe, maybe, maybe not to Raheem because he owns a pretty penny so like I, I know I know you, you, you man I, 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 I just want to I just want to hear your thoughts on it like, like where were you when you heard it, what, 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 what do you think it means? And, like, where do you think we go from here? Let me get into my bag. I'm going to sit forward for this one. I think we, for a long time, there's been this model of athletes having endorsement deals and just being happy with those. Earning peas good life, all of that good stuff. But now we're in an age where athletes want to own more than... They, they, they want to be more than just a good football player that makes a lot of money. They want to be involved in businesses and they now have the, the know-how to do so and they have the people around them that can help them do it. 
So whether it's LeBron James, who's a very good example, having uh, Spring Hill, which is a production company, whether it's... Uh, I mean, Lewis Hammond has a production company now. Kylian Mbappe has a production company. There's a lot of production companies. Mm. Um, but athletes are seeing that they can own stuff and that they can invest their money in better ways. So as opposed to being endorsers of products or services and picking up a quick check, a lot of them are like, how can we be partners in this and how can we how can we kind of move the needle together as opposed to you just using my image and likeness? So I think it's a really interesting move in the sense that I'm curious to see how the, the business goes and, and what happens and what role Raheem continues to play. Maybe he's just like fronting the business to, to get it out there. But I do think that we're in a really interesting space. It hasn't really been done as much in Europe slash the UK, a lot more in America. So I'm curious to see how it goes. And I'm curious to see how it sets the tone for other athletes in Europe to to do similar things. It's nice that you um you mentioned the difference between the US and Europe. I think for a while <clears throat> US US athletes have been like setting a benchmark for what they can do outside of their sport and experimenting with new spaces yeah experimenting with new spaces and it's really it's really dope to see like that happening over here because I think we've had conversations in the past where we've said athletes are becoming their own brands and the power of an athlete is becoming or or has always been but they're now realising the power of their own voice their own image and likeness and taking the ownership back to themselves. This partnership that um, Raheem has is another example of that. And I think it's dope that he's got behind something that is close to him as well. Um, It's not like it's just anything. It's an Afro-Caribbean, do you say restaurant? Not restaurant, sorry. Um, like a, 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 a food service food or like service. They, they deliver groceries did they, did to they, yeah, did they sorry did they um, yeah did they send they deliver right send parcels yeah deliver out. and they, re- they recently launched outside of London to, uh, to Birmingham as well so I think which, they're expanding which is really dope because like <clears throat> number one finding good produce from Car- Af- Afro-Caribbean uh, like Places, I don't want to say places. No, oh, I get what you mean. But it's really hard to do that. And also, also, I would say that the majority of people that do sell Afro Caribbean products, produce, be on it. They're not from our community. Yeah. They're actually not. If you were to go and have a look down your local high street in the UK, and we're trying to buy tutu plantain. Two two aki and saltfish, one yam, one banana. You're probably not gonna be putting that coin into a black person's hand. And you can probably go from Brixton to Croydon to Peckham. To Peckham, to Bermondsey, to Brockley, Deptford. Then it's probably gonna be ninety percent not gonna be black. And I think 
it's it's a it's a really dope thing that he's done this to kind of like support someone that is in that space. Uh, I think after the lockdown, people wanted to make sure that they were getting good quality food. There was a lot of uh, businesses that did start that was like handing out these these parcels uh, to people, and yeah, man, like. I think yeah, that's a great. I, it's, it's it's a great move for him. It's a great move for the person that's involved. What's the woman called? Oh uh, yeah, shout out to the owner Miriam. Let me get this right. Miriam, Mariam Gimo. Mariam Gimo. started in. So start, only started in twenty twenty, and she's yeah. yeah. So the back, so the back of COVID, she would have like set this up and. It's done well and, and like well done, like congratulations to her, yeah. you know what I mean? Because there aren't bro, even from even to hair products, hair products, food yeah, produce, like they're not sold by our people in it. And we a lot of communities outside of our own get rich off the back of our pound. I think something about the black pound stays in the community for about it's, it's seconds basically, in it. It's like it comes in and goes out, whereas like in other communities, um, other communities, it doesn't leave the community. It just circles around, around, you know, like, but this is how we can start to begin to make an economy within our people and potentially allow us to grow self-sufficient, which I think is really an awesome thing. Yeah, I think Raheem should come out and talk a little bit about that process and talk about why he did it. For sure. I'm sure there's some sort of press release, but off his own accord, talk about the balance of being a Premier League football player as well as his role in this business. And yeah. He could probably inspire a lot of other athletes to do similar things. I know uh, Tyrone Mings, who plays for Aston Villa mm-hmm. and an England national team, has a few investments as well. So... There is also there's there is also this component of a lot of athletes spending a lot of money very unwisely, and a lot of them having financial troubles at the end of their careers. It's a little bit different now because they can move into so many different things. But I love this story for that as well. That yeah, it shows yeah, that yeah. there are there are business moves to be made whilst you're still an active. There's athlete. So many. You know, there's there's business moves to be made and you don't simply need to be an endorser of a product. You can you can hold equity, you can you can be part of these companies and you can do mm. dope stuff. And I think that's what's really interesting for me. There's now with social media, you as an athlete can sell directly to your fans. You know, you can have a you can have a, a merch you can have a merch line where you sell directly to your fans. You can there's a lot of traditional brands that have done a lot of dope work off the strength of athletes. There are some companies around pretty much every sports brand would not be the sports brand they were today if it wasn't for athletes. And this is why I love LeVar Ball. Hate him if you like, right? And I don't know where it's gone. Who's LeVar Ball? LeVar Ball is the proud father of three young men, two of which are NBA players, Lamelo and Lonzo. Leangelo maybe could have done it, but he, he took a wrong turn in China and them things there got messed up a little bit. But 
he he he's a he's a ma a black man from LA who obviously saw the power and strength of what brands do to athletes, realized that he had three potential superstars on his hands and built big baller brand off the strength of his son's images or son's image. Son's images, yeah. I don't know. But um I just yeah, I just I just I just really liked that story that he had and the belief in his kids to make something and I don't know how it's doing now, but at the time it was like it was selling out everywhere. There was a big buzz around it. And I think that's the the blueprint that many athletes could take. I think everybody rushes to sign like an endorsement deal with these big brands. And obviously, like as a child, you probably think, yeah, I really want to have a Nike or a Jordan deal or an Addy deal or an Under Armour deal. Like, like because there's certain perks that come with that. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to, you probably could be like, all right, I've, let me hire a team of people. Let me hire a shoe designer. Hire, uh, send someone who has a factory experience, and you create your own line. If you've got an audience, an engaged audience, mm. they'll pretty much buy anything that you're selling. Practically, you know, and I think that's the that's the crux of it. Like this example of the balls. There's so many other people, athletes that are doing that now, just monetizing off of their audience. Mm. And let me use an example, right? Nike did a collaboration with Cortez recently. Yes. Who needed that collaboration more? Nike. Oh, great one. Nike. Great one. Why? Nike. Because Cortez has the air of the people. Exactly. And that's, that is the same situation for every major athlete out there. Mm. They have the leverage. The brand needs them. Yep. And the more that that shift in power goes towards the athlete, because it is going to continue to increase, the more we're going to see really, really dope stuff happening. We might see JVs between an athlete and a brand. JVs for those that don't know. Joint ventures, sorry. Um, Contest is free. Clutch Sports, which is the uh, sports agency run by Rich Paul, who is longtime friend of LeBron James and manages yes, him alongside a number of other NBA NFL athletes um, has has done a joint venture with New Balance um, which is around uh, student athletes mm -hmm. so I'll, we'll, we'll get the name up and reference it but I think there's a bunch of interesting stuff now where athletes and people of influence hold the leverage, they know they hold the leverage, and we're going to see a bunch of cool stuff happening as a result of that. So, that's my take on it. I think we will, and I think, uh, to wrap it up, I think, you know, basically, I think this is going to be uh, something that's going to be very important in community, like ownership, finance, and I think there's, there's lessons to be learned, and some might say those lessons are indeed priceless. Um and uh well done. sorry, I enjoyed that one. Well I'm very done. old. Fucking hell. Oh that's a very English Mastercard. One. Kieran, yo, could you um do what you do when it's time to do what needs to be done? I 
think he means rapping. I thought so, but I just <laughs> keep that shit in there, please. I love I'm that. Just trying to feel good. Uh, you've been listening to the Album Podcast with Kieran, Yaf, and Kwame. Big shout out to Stephen over there in the US of A. Peace, America. Where you will be next week. Peace, 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 peace. peace God. You London boys are crazy. 